0: Welcome to ESL Teacher Bob and Russell,
1: and I am Milan.
0: Okay, so first question. All right, so who's going to ask and who's
1: I think there is only one way to figure that out. Fight right. to the death. Or rock, paper, scissors.
0: To the death. To
1: the death. <laughs> right.
0: Okay. One
1: How shall we like one, one two, three and like we yeah. and we show? Yeah. Okay. And
0: we show the listener. Okay. One, two, two three. Scissors, scissors. Yeah. You have okay. to say what it is you show.
1: Okay. One, one
2: two, two, three. three. Paper.
1: paper. We papered. One two, two three. <laughs> ah, I won. You won. What does that mean, though? Do um, I ask? Do I it's answer? Your choice, I guess. My you prefer choice. Prefer
0: to talk about yourself or hmm. ask the question?
1: No, I want to hear you talk about ah, yourself.
2: No, I was afraid you'd
1: say. So give me the number. Five. Wow. <laughs> the bar is Five. low.
0: <laughs> I don't think the questions increase in difficulty as go. No.
1: I think the most difficult ones are the beginning.
0: Could be right. Let's see what the topic is. Light and easy.
1: Mm. Hmm, simple light-hearted topics.
0: It's it's one very difficult Hard-hitting. Yeah, yeah. And and challenging. Anything between
1: 601 to 700, yeah.
0: Mm.
1: What's something your parents used to say to you as a child that you promised yourself you'd never say, but now you get yourself saying all the time?
2: A very
0: specific question.
2: Mm.
1: What do you say to me all the time when you scold me?
0: I don't think I always scold you very much. Than I can think of.
1: You always tell me, "No, you can't have those chips." <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so hold on. mm. One thing I think is interesting is um, when I was a child. Like any kind of idiom, it just seems so old-fashioned. Like something. Only old people said, like, uh, I'm pulling your leg, or, um, mm-hmm. um, it's another idiom.
1: Go commando.
0: Yeah, go commando. No, no, I don't know, I think very many old people <laughs> said that. This seems like a hip new idiom. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny how, um, uh, figures of speech are kind of like, uh, like fashion, where young people have. Different ones from old people, you know. That's true. And like there, are so many of them though, I could never have imagined myself using. And I never even thought other people were really using them very much. But like the older I get, the more normal they sound. for one thing. Even I use them myself sometimes.
1: So you may have been right that only old people use I so. idioms. I think so.
0: I think so. So uh, to children, does it seem? Does it make us seem old whenever we say um. something figuratively?
1: I have no idea what it's like in English, but like, children in Poland, they say the stupidest things. I remember mm, whenever we wanted to say that something makes no sense, we would say that it has no cheese.
2: Hmm. Why? Well, Maybe every because... sensible thing has cheese.
1: Probably it's just because cheese and sense in Polish start the same. They're not similar words but they the first two letters are the same.
2: What is the word? Sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheese is ser. ser. Mm. Not cesser ser. ser. Okay, are we ready to move on?
0: Yeah, I suppose we are.
1: So the things that your parents used to say to you were idioms. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, you they, promised yeah. yourself never to use. Yeah,
0: it's like they spoke to me only in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so usually we start by... Usually we start with you talking about a warm-up, uh, because...
1: Usually, we've had three episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's enough for something <laughs> usual. I mean, to be a habit, you know, we were thinking of not doing the question to begin, but it just felt wrong whenever we were starting out. I just couldn't start without it.
1: It's a tradition. Yeah,
0: it's a three-episode-old tradition.
1: Two episodes. The first episode, I interviewed we, you. We didn't
0: have a question.
1: I don't think. No. Well, we had only questions. Mm-hmm. Me asking questions to you. Mm-hmm. I feel.
0: Probably we didn't do a warm up either. No. Okay. So usually for two whole episodes, uh, you talk about a warm up because I don't. I don't do that many interesting things at the beginning of class. Mm-hmm. You, you
1: just know? walk in and everybody is warmed up.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um. But this week it falls on me to talk about one. And something that I've used uh, once and I'm planning to do again this week is just to start with a song, you know. Because it's an interesting thing, m- music in the classroom, I think. Because in some ways it's, it's hard to say how exactly to use it, you know. Mm. Like even in in my own learning of Polish, I I don't have any use for for music. You know? I never find myself having learned something from hearing it in a song. Um, but I had a song activity coming up in the English file elementary textbook, and so I thought, okay, so I'll, I'll use this first. You know? And I think it did exactly what a, a warm up needs to do. You know, so it gets them into this mode of. Um thinking and um, hearing only English, you know. Uh, it's not that difficult. Like this particular thing was a gap fill type activity. So they had uh, some blanks and the first they had to identify which ones had an incorrect word, and then they had to fill in the correct word. you know. So it's a very, very easy activity, I think. Um, and of course, you can even make it easier if you find a video that has the lyrics mm-hmm. on it you know so i think that uh it was very quick as uh, maybe 10 minutes was maybe long for my but, but
1: it's a 19 minute lesson mm
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it was you know fun enough you know without them having to uh um involve themselves in any like uh it you didn't, it wasn't asking very much of them you know they were so uh just sitting there not doing anything much yet not producing any language i think it really got them into into the zone you know
1: Yeah, I always think that it's a great idea, especially for people learning English. They are mostly exposed to English via like songs and films, so it's a perfect opportunity for them to get to know a song, and later on when when they hear it, they know the lyrics, they can sing along, they can remember words better. But, But to be honest, I always find it awkward. I never know how to exactly use a song in Yeah, medicine. exactly.
0: You, you feel like whenever you have this... Uh, so, imagining designing an activity around a song, you, you kind of think, okay, so they're going to end up having to sing this, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and many of our students are adults, yeah. Um, even teenagers, it would maybe it'd be even worse trying to get teenagers to sing it. It depends, on the group yeah. And the song, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So using it in this way, just very briefly, you know, you're not building a lesson around it, so they don't have to do much mm-hmm. with it. You
1: know? Yeah, uh, that's actually a good idea because I never know what kind of follow up. Okay, so we've. I have an idea for how to start the, the, the song lesson. I usually ask them to guess what goes into blanks. I might give them tips, like maybe write in bra- brackets like a colour, adjective, activity. So that might be funny when they're trying to guess what goes into blanks. Uh, then they listen, they check, and I never know what to do next. Sometimes we just translate, which isn't the, the best thing to do. in a English classroom. I'm not a fan of just, like, translating kind of exercises.
0: Yeah, I always wonder about the translating, you know, because as a language learner, like, translating is um, a big part of what I do to learn Mm. language, you know, but as a teacher, it's almost no part of it, you know. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes I translate things.
1: Yeah, it comes from the whole theory of how people learn a language so that if you had to translate all the time what you want to say into a foreign language, it's impossible to be fluent, because it just takes so much time, and you never have the exact equivalent in both languages. The structure is different, the syntax is different. Like, very often I studied English philology, and and then, once I graduated, I wanted to try Polish philology, which involved speaking in public Polish like, talking about very intelligent things, but I had this problem that whenever I started saying something, in the middle of the sentence, I knew that, like, I am using the English structure, and I ended up saying really strange, mutated (laughs) sentences without much sense. Like, halfway, I knew I'm not going to finish this sentence elegantly. And I feel, this is why I don't do much translation in class. I try to avoid it as much as I can. But then again, people are used to learning a language by translation. Like, how else will you teach what it means? How else will you convey the meaning of the sentence? Especially at lower levels. Higher levels, it's okay. They can just answer questions, just translate some small words, if it's impossible to explain them in English, but at the elementary level.
0: Yeah, the best thing for me is to use some kind of uh, imagery usually. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I bring photos um, from the internet, of course, and sometimes I, I draw <laughs> whatever they like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I, I draw something on the board. You know? Yeah, Just you can usually, draw. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone can draw not. To demonstrate something. Worse drawings are probably actually better because
2: it's funny. funny. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so you also used a song recently. Yeah, I, I was did. Wondering how it went.
1: Actually, it was different because I meant it. Actually, I am, I meant it as a warm up as well. It was a day, the last class with one girl who attended the course. She was part of a group of like nine people. And I knew that she spoke fluent German, so as a kind of a present and a, a joke really for her, uh, I brought uh, fancy Slice Me Nice. If you're a fan of the cheesiest 80s pop music, you probably know this song.
0: So the song is not without cheese?
1: No, it's not. It, it has, well, actually, it has no cheese. Mm. The lyrics I'm are curious. ridiculous. The lyrics say. Well, she's
0: slicing it. She's not slicing She's not cutting the cheese.
1: It's never explained. Slice me nice. I'm like a cake that wants to be baked. Uh,
2: but you haven't even baked it yet. Why are you slicing
1: it? Contact Fancy and discuss the meaning of the lyrics.
0: Okay, so, so we'll um, bring Fancy in. We have our, our yes. special guest now. Hello, Miss Fancy. Um, how are you today? Thank you for joining I think us. It's a man. Hello, Mr. Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. You... Um, no offense, you're, you're, you're very manly, I didn't mean to...
1: He, he did wear a lot a of makeup in his video. Like, lips, way more makeup than I usually than I usually wear.
0: Mm-hmm. But not as much as I wear. <laughs> it's a professional clown <laughs> yeah. freak show.
1: Yes, okay, so I guess.
0: <laughs> so what about your song, how did it go?
1: It went fine. Uh, they were really confused, they weren't sure what they were supposed to do, and they looked at me so weird when I played the song. I actually really love this song. So how did you start? I just gave them, uh, the photocopies with the oh, okay. lyrics. Okay. With blanks. Okay. They were supposed to guess, uh, but the, the, the lyrics, like I said, it's really, really ridiculous. So they had a lot of fun trying to guess what goes into blanks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's time for blank and I want it with you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. What, how do you feel about, um, Confusion or uncertainty about what to do in a classroom. It's
2: because a part I, of life.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, a lot of times it's, it seems like a, um, it would be a criticism, you know. A, a lot of times it seems like this big problem that the students don't, uh, quickly and clearly understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm understand the rules of something but i think that it's never been a huge problem for me mm. in a classroom like they always eventually understand <laughs> eventually. it eventually yeah or uh, Or understand enough. And you know, to me, I think that this is kind of part of the language learning experience Mm -hmm. for them to try to um, understand and comprehend some instructions that were given to them.
1: Yeah, especially if you vary the kind of tasks they're doing, because if you're just doing everything by the book, then there is no confusion probably, because there is a certain pattern to each lesson. But both of us we often design like our own activities we often experiment on our students we don't know if the activity will work or not like we learn we see that they were confused for like too much time so next time we do the same activity We change the way we give instructions. But like you said, I think it would be boring if you came into a classroom and there was like no variety. You know exactly what you're doing. Every single lesson looks the same. You can anticipate what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the ability to understand something that might be difficult, this is part of the learning process.
0: Yeah, I think there, there's some risk that the students will be discouraged or even um if they lose... Uh, confidence in, in you or in the class because uh what what you're you're not successfully explaining what, what you're they're supposed to be doing. Yes,
1: if the activity is worth it mm-hmm. then it's fine. Of course if you're just giving overly uh, confusing instructions to very simple things, that might be discouraging.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like I was I was thinking about um this activity that Tomac made. You know, at first I think people were a little confused about what they were supposed to be doing. But they quickly
1: I think you have to explain to the listeners <laughs> <laughs> who's Tomek and why did he do an activity on us
2: Just
0: <laughs> for it's for fun.
2: For his own enjoyment.
0: Um hmm.
2: Yeah, that's,
0: it's an interesting shift without saying important. Um, it's a related topic, actually. Because, okay, so during a, a workshop that we attended, uh, one of our colleagues, Tomac, created an activity that's. Um, I'm skeptical about the difficulty level. But which one? Which he his, did two His activities. main activity. His main activity. Okay, so uh-huh. this activity um, is on the subject of. First conditional, uh, if this, then this will happen. If this happens, then this will happen. Um, and he asked us to name a world, and then...
1: What was your world?
0: My world was shape world. What was your world?
1: Um, my, oh, our world, because we were working in pairs, uh, it was a combination of my surname, my partner's surname, and like the ending land. So it was near Nielustek land.
0: Mm-hmm. And... Then he asked us to write down these categories: men, women, um, animals, animals, physics, physics, general laws,
1: technology, technology.
0: And then he asked us to make up uh, two or so rules for each law. And trying to imagine explaining this to students myself, um, I I'm skeptical about. The um, about whether this could really work.
1: I am totally doing this activity. I loved it. I think it's e- very easy to understand if you give your own example. Mm-hmm. Once he gave example, everyone knew what to do. His example was: if you give a woman flowers, she will marry you. Mm-hmm. That was the, wor- the the rule in his world. Then we started laughing that his world was the, the sexist world. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if you have doubts, just make up your own example. It always works. Always, like, model and give examples. Sure. Should work fine. I really, really loved this activity. Because this is actually something that I was also going to talk about. But this kind of small projects, for me, the, the ones that I've tried so far, they focused on creativity more than the language. And I really liked that by making a set of rules in first conditional in your world, you are using the language appropriately. This is like how people speak. Uh, it's focused on the language. It's focused on the learners, not on the teacher. I really liked that his activities, he wasn't this, the, the central figure of each activity. It's all focused on the learners. On It made them use the language. In a creative way Without many distractions
0: Yeah, I would say so And it gives them this opportunity to perform To say something creative or funny Yeah, it was funny anyway, I that.
1: Yeah, yeah, at the end he asked every pair And every group to choose Two of the funniest, the best roles mm-hmm. So it was very interesting To listen uh, To what other people have come up with What kind of worlds they had It was really funny
2: Yeah, we finished discussing your song.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll move on. Um, next we always talk about something that did or did not work.
1: So maybe I would start sure. speaking of projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that didn't work, and I was very surprised, I was very excited about this activity uh, before it happened. I had been very excited. I'm not a native speaker, you guys. I had been very excited sure about this activity. Uh, It didn't work out Uh, The thing that they had to do It was a group of teenagers Aged somewhat between 15 and 17 Their task was to create a business To open up a business They uh, drew Mm -hmm. They drew what kind of businesses are in their neighborhoods They had to come up with a name Each of them uh, had signed up a secret contract with someone so they had to push forward their ideas like someone had a contract with a horse breeder so they they would persuade others to include something with horses in their business even if it was like an ice cream shop so there was a lot going on and they had to come up with an idea for the big opening event
2: mm-hmm.
1: So I expected this activity to last at least half an hour. I think I gave them half an hour to do everything. And I was really excited. I had been very excited.
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned it, at least uh, alluded to it in the last podcast.
1: I think so. That's how much hyped I was. Mm-hmm. But this whole activity took them really 15 minutes. They could have easily done it in 15 minutes. Uh, they just told each other their secret contracts because the a, a big part of the game. Only one group did it correctly. Was then guessing like what kind of contracts did people have? Like why this guy was trying to force uh, importing food from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it took way uh, less time than I thought, but I didn't have anything planned afterwards. So, I was just like, guys, just think, maybe you can, like, colour it in, maybe you can, like, make it nicer. Uh, and also, a big downside of this was that the, the activity focused on them drawing coloring, very little English use. They had to present everything later on in English, but I just couldn't make them speak to each other in English.
0: Yeah, I, I find generally um, people won't necessarily speak in English or use new things uh, in small group activities. Yeah. You know, it's It depends on the, like, you have to very carefully plan the activity, I guess, Mm. This is this is probably something that I'm the weakest at as well is how to make uh groups, like self driven groups, perform in the exact way you want them to. You know. For for me, like the the language I want them to use must be used in some kind of uh performative aspect, like something that maybe they planned before and then they do um in uh as a full class, like in mm. front of the full class.
1: My language focus was phrases for brainstorming, for suggesting ideas, responding to ideas, but really it was a waste of time because they spoke Polish.
0: Yeah, and this is really, in some ways, it's double difficult because they're trying to think about new ideas and use English at the same time, you know? This can always be a challenge whenever you're asking them to um, focus on this sort of metacognitive thinking of um, coming up with something, inventing something, and also focus on using new language. It's very tricky.
1: It might be a problem, although not in the case of my project, because they were upper-intermediate to advanced. They could have easily done it in English, they just didn't.
0: Yeah, of course. But I mean, obviously it's still a problem, like, trying to motivate them to to use the English, you know, because I I think, you know, people tend to want to take the path of least resistance, so if they have something they're excited about that they can express better in their own language, then they're more likely to use their own
1: language. Yeah, but most of the phrases were like, give me that crayon, leave it, don't touch it, oh, come on, leave me alone. Yeah, so. Uh, what about you? What about your experience in this week?
0: But like, so you thought about it for a while. Is there some idea of what you would have done instead, or what you would do differently?
1: I would have given them less time next time. Like make it just a part of the lesson, small part of the lesson, not the clue. Mm-hmm. Now I know. I, I think I will continue with projects, because I think they're... Using their creativity, doing something different than is in the book, just, like, makes the lesson more interesting. And I really want them to start using English in communication. This is something that I had big problems with. Even when I had a master's degree in English philology, I still had problems communicating with people, like, talking to them. After a five-minute conversation, I was exhausted. So I want them to, like, slowly get used to it to talking to each other like I very often make them ask questions they, they have to learn to listen to each other So I will continue doing projects something in which they will have to use the language spontaneously but definitely not for half an hour like 15 minutes shorter and maybe more dynamic kind of lesson like, the structure of the lesson should be more dynamic
0: mm-hmm. yeah possibly. Some kind of some kind of physical uh, aids, such as some cards or or something. Yeah, you
1: had this very nice idea how to make people use certain phrases.
0: Yeah, I, I've done it a couple times with some success, where you simply put everything you want them to say, all the new phrases or words, onto cards, and then their task is to use them all, so um, they don't have to speak only using those phrases, like not everything they say has to contain one of the new vocabulary words or phrases, but they aren't done until they run out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to try it next time, definitely.
0: So, the thing I, I wanted to talk about this week uh, is a little bit more vague, but uh, it's something that Probably I've, I've thought about more than anything else. Um, this is just what works and what doesn't work in making conversation with students. Um, this week I was uh, chatting with a student about you know what's what we've been up to, and on my way to the class I was walking there and I saw this dog um, walking by itself down the street, and he. Use the crosswalk. Like I don't know how this happens. I don't know how dogs know to use the crosswalk. But I
1: don't know, but I've seen many dogs using the crosswalk.
0: Yeah. In general, I think this is um, some Polish phenomenon that, <laughs> that dogs are very well behaved. <laughs> like they, it amazes me. Like almost none of them need leashes. Um, they don't like come up to you. They're um, they're very polite. Mm. I think. Um, anyway, so
1: otherwise they get tickets.
0: This must be it, yeah, from their, from their owners. So yes, yeah, like a three-bone find. Ah, sure. three bones. That makes sense. That makes sense. We don't have this in America. Mm-hmm. No finds um, so anyway, so I told this, uh, story of what I witnessed to my student. You know, and, um I guess it was interesting enough to him. You know, he, he laughed or whatever and he said, uh, he thought he had seen something similar as well. And then I was speculating about How it's possible, you know? Like, uh, is this a a dog with an owner? And usually he goes this way with his owner. Is it um, just somehow, like, the most obvious way to go, you know? Like, it's... Now I'm getting into the same... And see, now you're staring at me silently. But, like, um, it's interesting to me how a dog will follow a path. There's, There's no reason for it to do that, you know? It could go... In any direction. Like if you if you just let a dog go, it will generally go down the street or something. Yeah. It won't just wander through yards and around. So I was thinking, well, maybe it uses the crosswalk because there's some kind of um, cues, like prompts, visual cues that just make someone tend to go in that direction. Like the the kind of curb when the sidewalk ends. So maybe it makes more sense cross there.
1: Maybe it's more smelly. More people go there.
0: Yeah, it could be. More people go there. Uh could be that he sees other people use it, so it seems to be the place where people cross. I mean, it could be like in the past cars have slowed down from there. But anyways, so like I guess it was it was okay as a story, like it wasn't like it, um failed or, or bored him or anything, but in general like it, it wasn't that productive or, or useful, you know, as a conversational tool. It's not like then we talked about dogs for thirty minutes or, or something, you know. And generally I find this to be the case whenever I tell stories or talk about uh an interesting fact or something. I, I don't find them to be that useful. Uh another thing I, I talked about recently. And yeah, another thing about this is if you have an interesting fact, like a, a science fact or something, probably it includes language that is not that obvious or easy to mm-hmm. convey, you know. Yeah. Um generally like it isn't like the student can easily pull from their brain an equally interesting fact and give it yeah. to you. So it's not Really that participatory Yeah, you
1: know? like what's your immediate reaction To an interesting fact like, Huh. Yeah, and
0: I don't know Maybe there's some value to it Like if I'm watching um, A YouTube video or something And someone says something interesting I appreciate having heard it It's entertaining, but I don't know if it's You,
2: you really don't so talk back at a YouTube video Yeah, exactly
0: So, um, a strange thing I did this week was I read this book about paranormal, uh, basically debunking paranormal stuff, you know. And one of the things he was talking about was fortune tellers and what techniques they use to um, make people feel like they're authentic, you know. And to me, as a Teacher, this is really interesting because these fortune tellers, they have this long conversation with people in which the fortune teller himself is not interesting, is not sharing anything about him or herself. Uh, Usually they're not particularly um, pleasant or um, charismatic people, you know, and they do it just by, like, generating, like, topics that the other person really wants to talk about. And I'm curious about how they do it, you know, how they make people share so much about their own self and their own life, you know. And um, so the maybe useful thing from this book that I took was they have this acronym, Fortune Tellers, that they... Used to remember what things should they try to um, interest the other person in, you know. And so it's travel, health, um, expectations about the future, um, sex, as in relationship, you know. Um, Here yeah, I wrote it out. Um, their career, their ambitions, and money, you know. That's so um, yeah, the scam. Ah. Oh. Spelled out the scam, but. So as a fortune teller, these are the topics that they find to be most useful for people. And I was in some class, I think it was the same one, yeah, because I was thinking about this story that I told and how it wasn't very effective. And then I tried out, okay, so I'll try to bring out some things. Like, I, I talked to him about... Um, travel, like some modes of transportation he took, some holidays, his plans for holidays that year. Uh, I asked him about his health. Um, I didn't talk to him about sex. <laughs> 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 maybe I should have, and maybe his career. Yeah, and it, it was kind of effective. You know, there's some, there's something to it, really. Like I think especially um, health you know, asking about someone's health. Like, I also talked to someone this week about um, exercise, and they seemed very interested to in talk about uh, what exercise they've been doing. You know, they're jogging. They also like swimming. We talked about where they do it and so on. And so these were very useful. Uh, also, the thing that has really been on my mind from this workshop that we did was when he said that uh, adult learners like to talk about their past experiences in a way that like they like to teach something or, or try to share something useful from their experiences from their life and this I can feel intuitively that it's probably very true but it's hard to um, pull this out of people sometimes. You know? mm-hmm. So I was curious, like, what topics do you find effective in conversation?
1: I usually just start from how was your day? Yeah. Uh, what did you do at the weekend? Yeah, I usually. Usually, and usually it just goes from there. It depends what they mention. I would just ask silly questions like, so what was for dinner today? Mm-hmm. Or what did you have for breakfast? Oh, do you like eggs? Who cooks in your family?
0: I find talking about food never. I don't know, maybe, I think probably different topics work differently for different people. But in my experience, like, no one has a lot to say about food.
1: I can talk about food for hours. (laughs) So maybe maybe I can just guide the food conversation for for a lot of time. But do you mean individual students or groups? Generally
0: individuals. Mm. With groups, I think that conversation is not such a big part they're more likely talking to each other, not to Mm -hmm. you. But I think in individuals, it's very important that the lesson has a conversation at home, even whenever you're going through some exercises and Mm -hmm. materials.
1: Yeah. Well... Usually when I have individual classes, then after some time, I develop a certain rapport with that person. So I just know what's going on in their life. I can ask about also, how's Jimmy? Uh, Jimmy is the son, or uh, I know that this person is dieting, so how is it going? I see they have any phone, like, why? What happened? I feel it's... It's, although it's much easier for me to talk with women than with men. It depends. It depends on the men, but quite often I find it difficult have, like, this chatty conversation with a man.
0: Yeah, you know, um, speaking stereotypically or in generalizations, men tend to be um, less easy to talk to. You know, they, they tend not to try as hard in conversations. They tend to use less topics. Me, I don't know if I, I have one group I'm better at than the other. I do find that um, some of my... Female students are very good at conversation, probably more so than the male students. the The other thing I, w- I would like to talk about I don't know what I'm talking like the other the other thing that's um very interesting to me I think we actually talked about this before is that usually people have to To have something in common, like you have Mm -hmm. to talk about something that is common ground, which is completely ridiculous. You know, like if it's something that I don't know about or something that they don't know about, like there should be a conversation in the other person telling me about this thing or me telling them about this thing they don't know.
1: Yeah, but the thing in common is the interest. Yeah, the interest.
0: Yeah, I I read something recently connected to conversation, which said, like, basically, in order to talk about a a topic that you do not share, you should focus on the feelings connected to that topic. You know, how did it make you feel? Or ask them about their feelings connected to, like, why do they like that thing? What's the best part of it? Something like that. Maybe that's useful.
1: Yeah, I find it easy, actually, to talk about things I'm not interested in. Let's say someone tells me they love football. I would say, I hate football. Convince me. Why is it interesting? Mm-hmm. Or someone loves politics. I would ask them, like, why? What's so interesting about it? What's going on right now? Is there anything I sh- you th- you feel I should be aware of?
0: Yeah. Okay. So we're running kind of long. So yeah. Maybe let's move on to um, ideas about motivation.
1: I feel we might skip that.
0: So what do you want to end with? Like, oh, five
1: minutes. Something funny, maybe.
0: Okay. Okay. So tell me something. Make me
1: laugh. uh, <laughs> me. I'm not sure it was very funny to me while it happened, but I have this one student, and she usually uh, like says the funniest things uh unintentionally. Her English is very good, but for some reason she even reading things she mixes up the words. So she was reading an instruction to an exercise, and it was supposed to say, uh, talk to your partner about this or that. But she said, talk to your parents about this or that. I think it made me laugh. I,
0: I still just really like the idea of her then having to role-play <laughs> as then the other student as her father. Yes. Yes, <laughs> he talk, and to talk.
1: What about you? Has anything funny happened? No, never. nothing. Nothing funny. Okay.
0: Okay, so let's wrap up because we're very very
1: late, I think. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you very much. Um,
0: and we will see you again next week. And uh, if you really are listening, you know that's that's really cool. I I think I, I never expected to have any listeners. Mm-hmm, no. But. So tell us in the comments, um, what topics of conversation really excite you? Uh huh. Um, tell us any funny language misunderstanding maybe you've had.
1: Tell us who you are. We'd like to know your name.
0: Yeah, tell us your, your name, your address, your phone number, your bank account information. Um, and your shoes. mother's maiden name, she size.
2: Okay, bye.
0: Bye.